Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome to Woke AF with me, Danielle Moody. This month, I'm showcasing some amazing artists whose work is on display here in New York at the Shed Cultural Center as part of their open call program. This week, I'm proud to present my conversation with Leandra Lasore, creator of There Is No Movement Without Rhythm, a video performance fusion piece about the effects rhythm has on our bodies. Leandra and I got into discussing what it is like to exist at the intersection of blackness, queerness, and womanhood, identities which are all typically politicized by audiences and critics, and the process of producing art in this incredibly difficult time. Since it's the start of Pride, I am sharing my entire interview with Leandra Lasore with all of you today, and you can hear many more like this, including the next featured artist in the Open Call series, by supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash wokeaf. Enjoy. Folks, I am so excited that I'm having the opportunity to welcome so many amazing Black artists to Woke AF Daily. I am very excited to introduce you all to Leandra Lesseur, who is an artist that celebrates Blackness, contemplates the experience of invisibility, and seeks to dismantle and reclaim stereotypes surrounding Black female identity, among other subject matters, and has an upcoming exhibit entitled There Is No Movement Without Rhythm. Leandra, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. I want to open up with first asking, how are you feeling these days? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that I will say that as a Black queer woman living in America over the past year and a half has been a series of trauma roller coasters, living as black and queer and female in this body for my entire life has been a journey of joy, resilience, and the purpose and desire to take up space. Mm -hmm. And so what has it been like creating this body of work for you during these incredibly trying times? 
Yeah, no, thank you for that question. It, it feels like a check-in. And I will <laughs> say that uh, it's been rough. I mean, you know, we talk about the things that happened last year, but I think there needs to be, well, there, I feel like there is a realization, especially probably for you as well, that this has been going on for some time. I mean, you know, since I was a little girl, I can, you know, think about and talk about specifically about moments where I felt this kind of extreme displacement and not necessarily understanding my place in the world mm -hmm. um, and how I could exist freely. So the creation of this work for me, and I mean, all of my artwork, to be honest, uh, has been a way for me to process, has been a way for me to heal, and has been a way for me to uh, kind of make a mark and make a place in the world for myself and provide myself a way to amplify my voice. Um, so it's been tremendously, even though we're right now going through some really rough times um, in the world, the making work and being an artist right now has been for me kind of a sign of hope. And also just for me, a, a tremendous like lift in my spirit. So um, I'm, I'm grateful for, for that you know, that way of just speaking in terms of making art. I have always been a person that has deeply appreciated art, but specifically art created by Black artists. I know that for some, they really push back against the inherent politicization mm. of Black art by just by virtue of being Black, our art is seen as a body politic. Mm. What is your feeling about that, about being viewed as a Black artist or for your work because it looks at the Black female identity, which we know has traditionally been what? the mule of America, right? Uh, the workhorse of the world. How do you understand the politics of the art and the art itself? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's interesting because for so long, um, a lot of people used to tell me, you know, my work was uh, specifically speaking about identity politics um, in this way. And I used to kind of shy away from accepting that or claiming that. And it wasn't until I started reading works, uh, or excuse me, uh, the Kambahi River Collective, their statement mm -hmm, on identity mm -hmm. politics. And, and they actually coined that phrase in mm -hmm. a way um, where I was like, you know, this is something that I don't need to shy away from, that I don't need to not claim. This is a part of who I am. And just by my mere existence, um, this is something that I'm speaking to. And so within my art, I, I believe, I truly believe as an artist, like I have to be in a lot of ways political in, in what I'm speaking on. Um, it is inherent to my existence as a Black queer woman to uh, continue, continue to talk about those things. And even if I'm not directly speaking about it or within the works directly speaking about it, I'm talking about the things around it, um, the things that you know have kind of allowed me to see myself in a, in a certain way and the ways in which I've been able to navigate that. And so by me processing that within my own work, maybe that is allowing someone as a viewer to uh, start to grasp their own processing um, and maybe even build their own tools on how they can also navigate the politics around just being Black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a question that was asked by a white anti-racist trainer. And she had asked that, you know, this is back in the 1970s, and forgive me because I can't remember her name at this particular moment, but she asked a room full of white people, right, you know, if they believed in racism. And I'm sure you've seen this video, the clip. And they, you know, they're like, no, no, no. And then she's like, okay, so would you want to be black for a day mm -hmm. and raise your hand? And none of them raise their hand, mm -hmm. right? And so there has always been this sense that there is a profound 
grief that is associated with our blackness. And yet for me, I feel like there is a supreme radiance that is attached to our blackness and that you will never find a community of people that is steeped in more grace, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. How do you understand or are able to articulate through your art the balance of the joy and the trauma and the gradations in between of what it means to be Black? Yeah, um, that that was something I had to ask myself early on. I felt like my work had a lot of um, this inherent rage in it. Um, Mm -hmm. because I was speaking directly from from experience Um, and when I talk about experience a lot of people ask well what are the like major um, things that you've experienced in terms of trauma that have um, allowed you to uh, have these kind of lived experiences that have brought on this rage and for me it wasn't about necessarily these big moments or big events that took place but like you said there's this collective memory that, that is within our bodies and our bodies kind of keep that. And I had to really understand like how my body was like taking all of these like ways I was seeing myself through media, visual media, and just like through the news cycles and all of these projections, even though it wasn't directly onto me or directly said to me or me directly experiencing it, it was something that collectively was a part of my memory of who I am as a, as a black person. Mm. And so I had to tell myself within the creation of my art, you know, I can't, uh, if I'm speaking about that, I can talk about that trauma, but am I perpetuating this cycle of violence and trauma by creating work that directly talks about that? And so for me, it was about, okay, well then how do I create that balance? And so I started thinking about the other parts of my life that people don't necessarily see or hear about or understand, you know, like black love and black joy and how radical that is in, in moving us and in, in creating this buoyancy where we can exist mm. in this rage, but we can also, like you said, radiate and have this, this beauty and this grace amongst us um, that really allows us to live and to process how we exist, but to also just like exist and thrive in in the way that we are with everything that happens amongst us. Um, So for me, that was really important. And I think right now, to be honest, in the the core of what my work is, I'm thinking a lot about we intake violence every day on such a high level. And so how are we, not just as artists, but as human beings, how are we taking those things that are violent and looking for ways to transform that into something that we can take on and still be able to move forward with our own potential um, and create spaces that that really make room for this kind of peaceful foundation um, or or make room for this like meditative process where we could really bring joy back into our lives. Um, And that's been at the core of of my practice is really thinking about that transformation that's happening within myself, Mm -hmm. but also whatever I touch, whatever I create, I can push that out into the world as well. I love that so much. My mother is a yogi and Mm. owns a yoga studio here in New York. And she talks to me constantly about not taking in the negativity that we experience in the world as Black people, as women, on a cellular level. Mm. And I remember the first time that she said that to me. Like, do not take this in, Danielle, your rage and your angst. Do not allow it to attach to your cellular level. Mm. Because then that is what your body will produce, yeah. right? And it is about moving outside of living in this fight or flight space, yeah. right? Which is honestly 
pretty much the two alternatives that the world presents to us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, but through music and through art and through dance and through so many different mediums that we're able to imagine, to dream and create something that is outside of what society is saying. You can either fight Mm -hmm. to the death or you can flee. And we're like, well, what if you float? What if you imagine? What if you dream? Mm. Talk to me about music yeah, and about the creation of this music around West African vibes, vibration, and why that spoke to you. Yeah. Um, and I love what you just said about this imagining, because I think that that happens when I'm, I'm in this space where I'm listening to music, I'm listening to certain beats and rhythms. Music has been a huge part of my practice for some time. And I've always been questioning, well, like, why do I always come back to particular sounds and particular rhythms? And that brings me to this space where I can really feel and experience those feelings and have really moments with, with whatever I'm trying to process. So I started looking at um, specific artists, uh, jazz artists in particular, that um, I you know, love and that I've been listening to since I was a little girl. And one artist in particular, Pharaoh Sanders, um, was someone that, you know, I have like all of his vinyl records, was listening to all of his music and started doing a lot of research on where a lot of the different sounds, like the symbols he was using and why was he using all of these different instruments together in this kind of ensemble. Um, And there was a kind of connection to uh, Western uh, African uh, tradition and music with Nawa traditions. And so I started listening to Nawa ceremonies and music and all of the instruments that they were they were using were instruments that I found not just in Pharaoh Sanders work, but in other jazz musicians work like Archie Shep, for instance. Um, But then also thinking about like house music and how kind of those symbols and sounds were (laughs) reverberating as well. Um, And then even with Black gospel and thinking Mm -hmm. about these ceremonies, how they take place and how voices amplified um, those were all things that were just kind of coming along through this, this research I was doing. And so I started thinking about the ways in which I was using music and how all of those different uh, forms of music were very influential in how I processed my own feelings and the, the ways that I reimagined the spaces that I was in. Um, so I was like, this is something I need to translate into a work so that someone can also experience this in the same way I'm experiencing it. And that's where this project came about. You know, there's no movement without rhythm. Thinking about all of these different sounds and rhythms and how they have this uh, really uh, beautiful way of transcending us um, to another space. And also thinking about uh, a part of the, the project that I'm working with, there's this kind of clip that I put in from Sun Ra where he's talking about this process of um, um, us being not real, you know, our bodies not being from here but also like our spirits not being of this place um, and that being a way for us to kind of expand. And in that expansion, um, that being a way for us to fully feel present with who we actually are. And so I think about this this form of music and the way that the, the sounds kind of transcend, it brings us outside of this physical vessel into another realm. And in that realm, we're able to fully expand and fully understand who we are and have the space to actually exist freely. And for me, that feels very profound and very radical when we're thinking about this idea of care and we're thinking about this idea of love and we're thinking about the ways in which we can um, inhabit joy. 
um, all of those things uh, feel like they, they are necessary um, in, in really, really processing that. You just spoke to my whole soul. <laughs> you just spoke to my whole soul because all I have been saying to 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 friends is that I, I need for I what I miss the most during this pandemic time is live music. I miss the I miss what it feels like to experience beats and rhythm and bass penetrating through you as a collective. And when you talk about house music, like, so for me and my, everybody knows this about me, particularly my neighbors that live downstairs. How much, how much uh, gospel house music speaks to my soul. Mm. And I think about it because I think about our bodies being made up primarily of water. I think mm -hmm. about the vibration about how, why we undulate in certain ways because of the vibrations and how they connect um, to our bodies, which are these bodies of water. Yeah. And I think about that often. And what I've been talking about a lot on Woke AF2, and you, you spoke about this in terms of expansiveness, in terms of not being of this vessel, is that I've been talking about times of trauma and how they break us open. Mm. And that in order to expand, something must be broken open to yeah. create more space. Yeah. Cracks aren't just about this dismantling of this perfect thing, this perfect vessel, but it is about breaking open and the cracks allowing there to be flow, right? Mm. And I think about where the opportunity is that we are currently living in, in all of the obstacles that we are going through about moving from this kind of container where all people weren't equitable, all people can't fit mm -hmm. and breaking it open. And what would it mean to create a mosaic instead mm -hmm. where you're honoring the shattered pieces, where you're honoring all of the pieces, right? But in a mosaic, all things can fit. Yeah. Right. Because there is so much more space that's been created outside of the origination of the vessel. So when you said all of those things, I'm like, there's like all of these images going through my head. You know, thinking about rhythm and how we move together as a collective, what are you hoping that people walk away with? after experiencing your art? What are you hoping that they gain from this installation, from this work? Yeah, I think the main thing for me is, um, I really like to think a, a lot within my work about this idea of uh, confrontation, but not a confrontation to in any way uh, make someone feel uncomfortable, a confrontation to really question um, your presence and question within that presence if you're really seeing and if you're really listening um, and not just what we what we look at surface level, but a deep seeing uh, and a deep listening. Um, and I think uh, for me, it's really important because um, within a lot of my work, I'm, I'm the main subject. I'm at the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, and for that reason, it's because I'm, I'm confronting, you know, the image that has been projected onto like who you think I should be, who you claim me to be. But this is who I am presenting myself as. And with that, um, I know I'm also carrying the identity of so many other people that came before me, but also so many other people that are here right now with me in my community. Um, um, you know, that that carry the identity of blackness, that carry the identity of queerness, and also that, that carry the identity of womanhood. 
And so with the work, I'm hoping that people actually are confronted and they question their ways of seeing, they question their ways of listening. Um, and with that questioning, they also kind of challenge their, their privilege, whether they're black, whether they're white, it doesn't matter about race, but challenge um, that inherent privilege that we all have within us. And I feel like for me, that's really important because with that challenge that could really uh, bring people to within themselves kind of break open mm -hmm. and allow for an easier flow and connection with someone else. And um, that can open up this, you know, this connection and thread of empathy. And that for me is really, really important within the work I'm, I'm creating. Have you found that during this time, your creative process because of the times that we're living in? Has it shifted? Has it been different? Have you noticed ways in which you are experiencing and expressing this art? If you had created it in 2019 or 2018, it would have been different than it is now? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think with everything that's happened with the pandemic, we have slowed down quite a bit. And I feel like um, a lot of the work I've been creating for a while now, I've always been thinking about like, how are people taking this in? Like, I'm really forcing you to kind of slow down and take it in and, and I'm confronting that as well. Um, and I feel like with the pandemic, um, because people have slowed down, I feel like people are a little bit more, um, they're not reluctant anymore to, to do that. Um, and for me, that's been really nice to see that kind of transition happen. Um, so I feel like it, it is a little bit changed in that way, but outside of that, the context of it has always been the same. You know, I've always been speaking directly, you know, to who I am, directly to, uh, you know, these different modes of, of Blackness and the various ways of being Black, and that has never changed. And so I just think the way that people are, are taking in and listening and seeing um, has maybe adjusted quite a bit based on the pandemic and based on this idea of, of us all as a, a collective community slowing down. Do you have my last question for you? Although I feel like genuinely I could speak to you for a very, for a very long time. You can do another one later. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? Do you find yourself as you've been navigating this space, creating this body of work, but given the headlines, the things that we have been inundated with over the past year, do you feel yourself in a more hopeful and faithful place mm. or, or not? Mm. I, I'm going to be honest, I go through waves. Um, you know, there are days, there are times where I feel very hopeful um, and I feel um, very at ease and at peace on where I'm at as a singular, you know, individual. Um, but then there are days where I really, really feel the weight of my community and, and the things that are crushing, um, you know, crushing all of us, you know, through everything that's happening. And not just uh, my community, like my Black community, but thinking about um, people in all different communities going through things and the struggle that is just like, the struggle that is just there. Um, and so for me, like again, you know, like I said earlier on the call, um, this outlet for me, the, the, the creation of art has been really, really helpful um, in, in processing that. And, um, 
it's been helping me get through these kind of waves of, of back and forth of feeling down, but then also having these moments of feeling really radiant and high and, and high off life. So I feel like that's always going to happen. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to be going through things. We're always going to be kind of going through these struggles. But I think at the end of the day, I've, I've always been kind of looking to the people around me, my family, my friends uh, to really help me in processing that. And, and that's been a beautiful thing as well. Well, I have such deep gratitude for artists, for creators, for dream makers like yourself who help us articulate within your mediums how we're all feeling, right? Yeah. And reminding us that we're not alone and that there is still beauty in the world with the amount of pain and trauma that we are living through. Please tell folks when your work premieres, when they can see it and where they can see it. Yeah, um, so there is no movement without rhythm. I'll be at the shed June 4th, I believe is the opening date, and it will be up until August, uh, early August. And I'm very excited for it. Uh, there also will be a performance in the works. So I'm also very excited for that, that live aspect um, and having people experience that as well. Well, I'm excited to live at the shed this summer. That's, <laughs> that's apparently what I'm going to be spending my time doing because there are so many phenomenal works to see. Leandra Lassour, thank you so much for making thank time to help. join Woke AF. We appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate this. Thank you. Leandra's comments about our deep ancestral connection to rhythm touched my spirit, and I hope it touched yours as well. Please let me know what you think of my conversations with these creative minds by getting at me on social media at D2Cents, D-E-E-T-W-O-C-E-N-T-S. And once again, you can hear more conversations like this, including next week's open call artists right now by joining Woke AF Nation over at Patreon at patreon.com slash Woke AF. By having these discussions at the intersection of art and activism, I hope to expand the meaning of what it means to be woke and to practice wokeness in our lives. As we head into the summer, get out there, if it's safe where you are, feel the music and let it awaken something in you. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 